We at Amazing Stories are thankful for and gracefully accept the donations we receive from our listeners from across the world who count on the unique programming we provide. You too can donate through the link provided in the description section of each episode. Please keep in mind that the continued support from our growing audience helps us fulfill our mission of bringing you a new amazing story every day. Thank you for listening, and we hope you continue to enjoy our stories. The Subtle Knife by Philip Pullman Dramatized by Lavinia Murray I am Balthamos, a recording angel a listener of lives. I have come to this Oxford, one of innumerable, drawn by this 12-year-old boy, one of countless trillions whose fate will affect all of creation. His name is William Parry. William Parry, 12 years of age, has a frightened mother and a father who's missing presumed dead. Every day, Will daydreams himself into his father's company. They have adventures. Today, they're trekking through frozen Arctic wastes, their dog teams stumbling through fresh drifts of snow. I've never been so cold. Whilst you're in the freezer, Will, get a ten-pack of fish fingers. Don't let anyone see you putting them in the trolley. Mum, this is shoplifting minus the steel. Quick, whilst there's nobody about. What about CCTV? I'll block their view. Go on. Why are we doing this? People pick up clues about you from the smallest things. Good. No one saw. Everything will be listed automatically on the till receipts. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Let's make our way to the checkout. Will, that man was in the library. I'll start loading stuff on the belt, all right? He keeps looking at us. Well, you're staring at him, Mum. Hello, madam. Want any help with your packing? Thank you. No. That man's still watching out of the corner of his eye. Eleven pounds exactly, please. Do you have a reward card? Oh, I- I've left my purse at home. I must get out. I must Sorry get about that. Supervisor, check out seven, please. Mum! Mum! Something's wrong. What is it? We've got to be vigilant. They're out to trick us, Will. And these loyalty cards. It's electronic tagging, isn't it? Your dad would know what to do. Is dad coming back? He said so. Oh, love, hold my hand. What's he like, Mum? Where did he go? He left the Royal Marines to lead expeditions to the remotest regions. So you keep saying, but which remotest regions? No father can be more exciting than an explorer, eh, Will? Then why haven't we got stuff he fetched back? Why isn't he in a book? They should make television programmes about him. It's like he never existed. You're going to be a great man, too. You'll take up his mantle. What's a mantle, Mum? Come on. Let's go home by the park. And home isn't the refuge it should be. I'll get it, Mum. Don't let the cat out, Will. Okay. Come in, Moxie. I've got her, Mum. We need to speak to Mrs. Parry. You can't. She's not well. Where's your husband, Mrs. Parry? 
Let us come in, William. Your mother doesn't want a spectacle on her doorstep. Has he contacted any foreign embassies, Mrs. Barry? Why are you here? They're not selling windows, Mum. What do you know about windows? I know some salesmen use aggressive tactics. It was on the telly. We know you've received nine letters. What? We need to see them. I... They're not... No, 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 they're private. What has he told you? Get out. Leave my mother alone. Get out of my house. We'll call again. Soon. Goodbye, Mrs. Parry. William. Oh. We, we, we need one of those chains on the door. That won't stop them. Mum, pack a few clothes. Why? I can't stay here. I need to go and find out about Dad from the solicitors. See if they know where he is. Stands to reason the solicitors must be in contact with them to be able to send money every month. Do you remember where you've put Dad's letters? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, they're safe. Safe where, Mum? Safe as toast. No. It's safe as houses. No. No, no, safe as toast. I'm not going to win with this one, am I? Look, Mum, I'm going to take you to Mrs Cooper's. Who's Mrs Cooper? Where are we, Will? It's OK. What are we doing here? Who lives here? Hello. Uh, oh, William. Oh, it's been over a year since your last piano lesson. What do you want, dear? Can we come in, Mrs Cooper? Please. Oh, Mrs. Parry, I didn't see you there. No, yes, come in. What's the matter, William? My mother needs somewhere to stay for a few days. Oh, are you unwell, Mrs. Parry? Uh, uh, she just no. needs someone to be kind to her. Here, I've brought food. She won't mind sharing. Do you need a doctor, Mrs. Parry? No, no. Mum's not ill. Well, she's, um, she's only rouged one cheek. I rushed her. Am I safe here? Oh, yes, Mrs. Parry. Look, you can have you can have my daughter's room, dear. She's in Australia. Thank you. Oh, what's happening, Will? Don't worry. Mrs. Cooper will look after you better than me. Bye, Mum. Oh, Will. Oh. Look, I, I wish you'd tell me what this is about, William. It's complicated, but she won't be any trouble. Thanks. Please don't tell anyone she's here. Come on, Moxie. Let's get you fed. There. How long do you reckon before the men come back? I've got to find Dad's letters. I know she keeps them in a battered leather writing case. Shut up! Shut up! Where's a safe place? Hang on. Why's the plug been taken off the toaster? Oh, Mum, you've not been fiddling with the electrics again, have you? What's this inside? It's the writing case. Letters. Yes. Got them, Moxie. Got them. OK, I'll get some clothes and go. You coming upstairs as well, Moxie? Not sure what to do with you. There's dried food. You've got the cat flap. Oh, no. They're back. They think no one's in. Nobody here. Right. I'll look upstairs. Hey, Walters, anybody ever tell you what amazing hair you have? Yeah, my nickname's Blonde Ambition. Blonde Ambition. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all right. Go on, don't hang about. We'll have to leg it when he gets to the top. Moxie purrs contentedly Oi! as the man, hey! already off balance, falls Get over, her, crashing headfirst down the stairs. <laughs> He'd always had an aversion to cats. I've killed him. I've killed him. I'd better call an ambulance. No, 
Who'd believe me? And where's his partner? Surely you wouldn't have just run off and left him. Stay calm. Get out. Go. This is my last chance. By the time Will has reached the Oxford Ring Road, night has fallen. He turns down a quiet side road and finds himself walking down an avenue lined with hornbeam trees. A tabby cat pushes through one of the neat box hedges and rubs up against him. Hello, girl. You look like my poor Moxie. At least she can curl up on the bed tonight. What's wrong with that patch of grass, girl? Does it smell of dog? What? Where have you... How did you do that? You can't have just disappeared. Wow. Looks as if someone's cut a patch out of the air. You can only see it from this side, and the cat's definitely gone through. Where's that? It doesn't smell like Oxford. This is beyond weird. Mm, need something to make sure it's safe. In case there's an invisible force field, Will takes off one of his trainers and waggles it about in the strange-looking gap in the air. It doesn't melt, so he snaps up a piece of hedge and feeds that through. The twig doesn't explode into flames. Come on, William Parry. Where's your sense of adventure? Your father was an explorer. He'd have been careful, but he'd have gone through. So deep breath, then one, two, three! <coughs> William lands on his back, momentarily <coughs> winded. He eases himself up and cautiously looks around at a broad seafront boulevard lined with cafes. Wow. The one opposite has zinc-top tables that gleam under elegant streetlights. The breeze is hot and smells of salt and flowers. This is so weird. Crazy. It's how I've always imagined Greece or Italy. Except, well, it would be packed with tourists. Where is everybody? I don't feel like I'm in any danger, but it doesn't feel right. Hello? Anyone? I'm pretty thirsty. No one will mind if I help myself to a lemonade. Anyway, not if I pay for it. Okay, if anyone's listening, here's a pound. I'm putting it in the till. Hang on a minute. That's not British money. Let's see, it should tell me where I am. Corona? Corona? Pfft, no idea. That's odd. People have left halfway through their dinners. Yeah, that risotto's hardly been touched. At least none of the furniture's overturned, so whatever made them leave wasn't violent. That's something. Looks like there's a family flat upstairs. Must be a bedroom I can borrow. Will cautiously climbs the stairs, remembering the last time he had anything to do with stairs back home in Oxford. He listens for movement. Nothing. Then the stair creaks and he shivers. As he gains the landing, a door is suddenly flung open. Who are you? Where are we? Get off me. Stop. I'm not afraid. Ow! Sorry. You ain't got a demon. What? Where's your demon? Can you just stop your cat? It's hurting. Well, get off him, Pam. Who are you? Lyra Silvertongue. Look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you, and I'm sorry I caught you with my arm. I'd no idea anyone was here. Is this your home? No. 
What's this place called? I don't know. I'm from a different world. What? Oh, your cat. It's a dog now. They don't do that where I come from. Well, he's my demon. A demon's what you have if you're alive. It's your soul. Where's yours? Listen, my name's Will Parry, and in my world, demon means devil. And I've never seen somebody's soul before. Never thought it'd be an animal if I did. Is that normal for you? Yeah. So, this ain't your world either? I just found a way in. Both our worlds must be joined onto this one. Have you seen anyone else? No, but I've only been here a couple of days. I'm looking for dust. What, gold dust? Well, don't be stupid. Dust obviously means something different in your world. In mine, it's like crumbs and fluff and that that you go looking for with a vacuum cleaner. Is there any food in the kitchen? Dunno. Haven't you eaten? Yeah, bread, biscuits. There's loads of stuff in the fridge. You should have helped yourself. It'll only go off. Well, I didn't know it was here. Oh, it's cold. You've never seen a fridge before? No. Your clothes look odd to me. Is that, you know, the fashion in your world? Well, I've come through from the north. Lapland. Lapland? We've got a Lapland. It's where Father Christmas lives. Who? Forget it. Are you thirsty? Yeah. Want a cola? Thanks. Drink it then. How? It's sealed. Let me. You just pull the ring towards you. There. Go on. Oh, I didn't know it would do that. You'll know for next time. There's plenty of eggs. I'm going to make an omelette. Do you want some? What's omelette? Watch and you'll find out. Or there's baked beans. I don't know baked beans. Really? Open this can. This world seems to have more in common with mine than yours. It doesn't have the thing you pull. You need a can opener. In my world, servants do the cooking. Press down so the spike pierces the lid, then turn the handle. Hey! <laughs> now tip them in the saucepan. So you're Laura. Lyra. Get some knives and forks while you're there. Your demon doesn't stay the same shape for long. It's like watching a wildlife programme. Not sure what he is now. Pine Martin. They change with your feelings. You must have a demon inside you. It's news to me. Well, you couldn't be human otherwise. If you say so. OK, food's ready. Are you staying here? Dunno. I've got to find out more about dust. So you said. There must be scholars in this world. Scholars? There's plenty of those in Oxford, where I come from. Oxford? I live there. Two Oxfords? Well, we're both speaking English, aren't we? It stands to reason there's other things the same. How did you get through? A kind of window in the air. A window? Show me. I'm not showing you now. I'm tired and it's the middle of the night. I crossed a bridge. But you must show me in the morning. I need to find scholars. All right. But I've got my own things to do. You'll have to find scholars by yourself. OK, I cooked so you can wash up. I'm not a servant. Then I won't show you the window. Find it myself. You won't. It's hidden. You wash those dishes. We've got to treat this place right. Good night. I'll take the bedroom next to yours. Right. Let's ask the alethiometer if he's a friend or an enemy, Pan. Lyra removes the gold alethiometer from its black velvet bag. She runs her thumb across the symbols at the edge of the dial and watches the three slender hands begin to turn as she concentrates on the question. 
his will to be trusted or not. What does it say? He's a murderer. Ah, right. We better do what he says. Back in the world Lyra has come from, her friend, the witch queen, Serafina Pecula, and her snow goose demon, Kaiser, fly in the foggy sky over the sea off Lapland. Another witch's demon, a turn, calls in deep distress. It is the days of confusion and unrest, after the destruction of the Magisterium's experimental station at Mulvanga, where abducted children had their demons severed from them in a series of horrific experiments. Demon, what clan are you? Tamian. After the fight of Bulvanga, my witch was taken prisoner. They have her on the ship below. Oh, help me! Quiet. Let's fly lower. There's a launch trying to come alongside a ship at anchor. Will you look for my witch? Yes. Stay with my demon Kaiser for now. I will look after you. We're alongside the Magisterium's ship now, Mrs. Calder. The gangplank secured. <sighs> Mrs. Coulter's on board. Why is she here? It's safe to cross when you're ready. Thank you. Have they started the torture, do you know? Yes, but the Cardinal asks you to go straight to the command room. Very well. Serafina makes herself invisible. She follows Mrs. Coulter down below deck. She is increasingly uneasy about what she might see. Mrs. Coulter enters a room filled with clerics wearing either sumptuous gold-embroidered robes or plain coarse cloth vestments tied at the waist by knotted cord. Two large, heavy books lie open in front of the cardinal. Everyone turns towards her. Mrs. Coulter, uh, welcome. Your eminence, your graces and reverences. We were just talking about Lyra. My daughter? Why? The witches speak of her with some awe. What do you know about the prophecy regarding her? Your Eminence, I'm sorry, but I don't understand your question. <laughs> All the signs have been fulfilled. The circumstances of her birth, her success in leading the Egyptians to Bolvanga, and there's her astonishing feat of deposing the bear king, Jofo Ragnison. This is no ordinary child. She is just very bright. <laughs> She's rather more than that, Mrs. Coulter. She also has complete mastery of the alethiometer. To read it without the books is inconceivable. She is like no other human scholar I can imagine. Where does the alethiometer say she is now, Father Pavel? I thought all the other alethiometers were destroyed. There are two remaining. This one and the one given to your daughter by the master of Jordan College. The girl is in another world. Chittagatse to be precise. Your Eminence, uh, I hope I can say that without being thought a heretic. Uh, you're quite safe from persecution, Father Pavel. What is this prophecy? I ought to be told. How dare you not tell me everything you know? <laughs> the witch has hinted at something extraordinary. If it is true, it places us under the most terrible responsibility men and women have ever faced. I ask you again, Mrs. Coulter, what do you know about the child? How dare you assume that I'm keeping anything from you? <laughs> I demand to be told what is known about her. Lyra is my child. Conceived in sin and born in shame, but she is my own child nonetheless. And you keep from me what I have every right to know as her mother. We shall find an answer, either from the witch or from the books of reading. 
The alethiometer, how long will it take? A considerable time. But the witch could tell us at once. Perhaps. Then let us go and ask her. In a small hot room close to the engine, a witch is bound to a steel chair bolted to the floor. Blood runs from her lips. She twists in her ropes. Fear shivers through her. The invisible witch Serafina Peckler has followed Mrs. Quarter. She's shocked to see how much torture the witch has already endured. Oh, no, no, no. What have they done to you, sister? Tell us about the child, witch. No! We can draw out your suffering. Tell us about the child. Please, no more. Answer then, or I'll break your fingers. This woman is pure evil. The witches found out the name of, of her destiny. Tell me. She came before, and you have feared her ever since. Mother Death, come to me. Come to me. Suddenly, Serafina Pekula becomes visible. She walks towards the witch, smiling, reassuring, and bends over her. One hand stroking the hair from her face, the other hand unsheathing a deep-bladed knife. The clerics and Mrs. Coulter are too surprised to react. I am here, Mother Death, merry and light-hearted. My visit is always one gift of joy. Mother! Serafina Pekula stabs the witch gently through the heart. In the sky above the ship, the turned demon flutters and vanishes into the fog. You evil people! Seize her! What's happening? The witch has escaped. Quickly, get down and help recapture her. Stop her! Serafina, the witch is dead then? Yes. Away, Kaiser. And there's an arrow in my quiver that will find its mark in Mrs. Coulter's throat. We need to find out where Lord Asriel is, since Lyra has gone after him. Who would know? His servant, Thorold. We must head for the house in Svalbard. They turn towards the north and fly out of the fog. Below them, herds of musk ox gallop south, then swerve turning west or north, confused by the change in the Earth's magnetic field, unable to recognize direction. Above them, skeins of geese disintegrate into chaos. Why? Lord Asriel destroyed the dimension that kept all parallel worlds apart when he destroyed the Aurora Borealis. Now people can travel freely between worlds if they know how to find the points of contact. As Kaiser and Serafina Pekula approach the isolated house in Svalbard, they hear familiar leathery wingbeats and a horrible, sickening call. Attacking something. We must help him. Thank you, whoever you are. The gas have gone for now. I kill about a half dozen each time, but whether they forget or don't care, I can't say. I'm Thorold, by the way. I am Serafina Pekela, a friend of Lyra's. Do you know where she is, ma'am? In another world. I'm concerned for her safety. I need to know what Lord Asriel is doing. Step inside and welcome. Kaiser, stay out here and keep watch. I will. Sit down, please. <laughs> Lord Asriel's been nursing a rebellion in his heart for as long as I served him. Against the Magisterium? Partly, but he considered it too weak to be worth fighting. 
Now, you witches have different gods from ours. Yes. But you know about ours, the one called the Authority. We do. Well, as far as I know, Lord Asriel's gone to find the Authority and kill him. Where there's now a kingdom of heaven, he wants to establish a republic. Can the Authority be killed? I well, wouldn't have thought so. But Lord Asriel's had this idea of setting himself up as an opposing force to what he sees as tyranny. Now, some of the angels rebelled before and were defeated. If it was ever going to be possible, it'd be done by him and no one else. And what will you do now, Thorold? Well, I doubt he'll send for me. So I'll guard his house till he comes back, or till I die. And now, may I ask you the same question, ma'am? I'm going to make sure the child Lyra is safe. Where now, Seraphina? Back to Lake Anara, Kaiser. We need to hold a council to decide how we can help Lyra and whether we should ally ourselves with Lord Asriel. In the sky behind them, witches arrive like flakes of black snow. They make their way into the largest cave, leaving the bundles of cloud pine on which they've flown at the cave's mouth. Inside, illuminated by lanterns and flaming torches, the witches encircle a natural rock dais on which Serafina Pecula now stands. Sisters, let the council begin. The universe has been broken wide by Lord Azriel. Should we concern ourselves with it, or live our lives as we have done until now, looking after our own affairs? And there is the matter of the child, Lyra Balakwa, now called Lyra Silvertongue by King Yorick Bjornesson. She is the child we have always expected. We have two guests who will tell us their thoughts. I'm Queen Rudaskadi. Sisters, there is a war coming and we must fight the Magisterium. You have seen what they did at Bolvanga. Now they want to suppress every natural impulse and what they can't suppress, they will control or destroy. Lord Azrael was once my lover, so I know his mind. I would willingly join forces with him because he hates the Magisterium and all that it does and all that it stands for. Mr. Lee Scoresby is a friend of the child's. Speak, sir. When I was traveling north to Valvanger with Egyptians, Lyra told me that back in Oxford, Lord Asriel had shown the scholars what he claimed was the severed head of the explorer. Stanislaw Grumman. It persuaded them to give him money to come north. Now, I don't believe Dr. Grumman's dead. It seems he knew the whereabouts of an object that gives protection to whoever holds it. It has a power that outclasses anything I've heard of. So I thought I'd postpone my retirement to Texas and search for him. I'm going north to Nova Zembla, where I last heard the doctor was alive. If I can find that object, I'll take it to Lyra. I'll do everything in my power to make sure that child is safe. Thank you, Mr. Scoresby. Here is a scarlet flower for my crown. Whenever you need my help, hold it and call my name. Thank you, ma'am. And I shall have it to remember you by. Now, I shall choose 20 of my best fighters to fly north with me into the new world to search for Lyra. I intend to learn what Lord Azra is doing from his own lips. May I come part of the way with you, sister? You may. And welcome. Queen Serafina! Yes, Yuta. I know the man, Stanislaw Grumman. I used to love him, but I hate him now with such fervor 
that if I see him, I shall kill him. Utah, this task of ours is greater than revenge. Remember that. To prevent you from killing him, I will take you with us into the new world. In the new and seemingly uninhabited world of Chittagatse, Lyra is attempting to cook breakfast. The smell of burning fills the kitchen. Something grey and rubbery fills the pan. <coughs> Better open a window. It looks like you're cooking rubbery coal. That's better. I'll have cereal. Huh? So, why are you looking for dust? I might tell you sometime. I see. But how are you going to look for it? You said you'd need scholars. Which sort? Experimental theologians. Never heard of them. Well, they know all about elementary particles and that. That's what we call physics. You want scientists, not theologians. Scientists, right. I'll find them. Like children. Come on, we better go see. You go first. In case they need killing. In case they need what? They're like you. How do you mean? Well, they don't have a demon you can see. Hey, are you from here? No. Where are the grown-ups? Hiding. What's this city called? Chittagatsi. All right. What's your name? Lyra. And he's Will. What's yours? Angelica. My brother is Paolo. Hi. Where you come from? Up the hills. And there was a fog and storm and everyone was frightened. Then, when it cleared, the grown-ups could see the city was full of spectres. So they couldn't come back. But the kids, we ain't afraid. There's more coming. We're the first. Us and Tulio. Shut it! Ow! Our, our big brother. He's hiding till he can... Uh, uh, he's just hiding. He's gonna get... Ow! Shut it! Where are you from? Oxford. They ain't got spectres there. No, I can't see any here either. Course not. You ain't a grown-up. Kill the buggers. When a spectre catches a grown-up, it's bad to see. They try and look away and pretend it's not happening. Then they get power when they stop moving. They're still alive. But you look in their eyes and you see the back of their heads. Ain't nothing now. Paolo, wipe your nose. Me and Paolo's going to look for some ice cream. You want to come? No. Well, goodbye, then. Kill the buggers. I told you. They don't know about the window. Your demon. He just spoke. He didn't think he was a pet, did you? We better be careful how we go through the window. Right. Animals speaking, animals that are souls. It's normal, then. Fine. And talking of normal, Lyra, you've got to find some other clothes. You can't come back into my Oxford dressed like that. Why not? I've got my own things to do in Oxford and the police are probably looking for me. If you attract attention, <laughs> I'll kill you. Besides, aren't you a bit hot in those things? Well, it's my cold weather um, underwear. There should be clothes inside. There's plenty of wardrobes. Right. Oh, and you'd better wash yourself. There's soap and shampoo in the bathroom. I don't know how. The housekeeper done it at Jordan. Work it out. In my world, people are clean. Hmm. While you're doing that, I'll hide the writing case under the mattress. I'd love to read the letters, except they're private. They're mum's. Oh, mum, I hope you're okay. Don't know what you'd say if you knew I'd killed someone. Those jeans looked about your size. Wouldn't they have been a little more practical? You mean those trousers? 
I'm a girl. I'd look stupid. Girls wear trousers in my world. Yeah, well, what are we looking for? What's it like? Well, it actually looks like a window cut in the air, only it opens onto somewhere else. Make sure there's no kids about. Can't see anyone. Oh, there's a cat. She came through the window with me. Wonder if she's trying to find her way back. The window is about here. And it's really like a window? Yeah, only it's not like anything you've ever seen before as well. That's helpful. Like a window you've never seen before. Huh. Stop moaning, Pan. Here it is. Found it. Yeah, I can see it. Get back. If you stand in front of it, people in Oxford will only see legs walking about on their own. Oh, rush hour. Really, it's the wrong time of day to go through, but we'll have to. Are you ready? You sure this is Oxford? Yeah. When you're through, go to the left. That takes you to the city centre. Make sure you can find your way back. All right. Ready, Pan? Yeah, put me in your pocket. There you go. See you later. Good luck. Bye, Will. I couldn't help it. She ran out in front and you were too close. Never mind that. How's the kid? She didn't look. What am I supposed to do? You still there, love? Yeah. Everything working? Move your feet and hands. She's fine. Do you know her? She's my sister. I'll take her home. Come on. Wait! You'll be a witness! I will do name and address for in my insurance! Look, I'm sorry, but right now she needs her mum. You hurt? Bang my leg. And my head. I've never seen so many carts. They don't have traffic in your Oxford. Not like that. Look, this isn't a good idea, is it? You can't be left wandering around Oxford. You're a liability. You'll get yourself killed. It'll work if you pretend you're my sister. Then we can stick together. And it's a disguise for me. The police won't be looking for a boy on his own. I've got to stay hidden. Have you got money? Of course I have. Let me look in your purse. Is that gold? It is, isn't it? You're just not safe. I'll give you some money in a minute. And remember, you're my sister. D Lisa Ransom. Lizzie. I called myself that before. And I'm Mark. All right. You're all bruised from the thump I gave you yesterday, and now your leg's swollen. I'll manage. Pen's dazed, though. I'll survive. He better, or I'll be dead as well. Here's a £20 note. Is that money? It's paper, isn't it? How can it be worth anything? Trust me, it is. Where are we? That ain't the core market, but this is the broad. And there's Belial, and Bodley's library down there. Where's Jordan College? There isn't one. Look, I'll meet you back here at five o'clock. But this isn't my Oxford. We all knew that. See you later. I'm going to make a phone call. What call? Oh, where do I start looking, Pan? I've never seen so many people, and they look to be from everywhere on the globe. And Will was right. Girls do wear trousers. <laughs> they look stupid. Anyway, we need to find a museum. Let's see if it's like the one we've got at home. solicitors. How may I help? I want to speak with Mr Perkins. It's in connection with John Parry. Just a moment, please. Hello, this is Alan Perkins. Who am I speaking to? William Parry. It's about my father, Mr John Parry. You send money every three months to my mother's account. Does your mother know you're phoning me? She's not well. And you're at home now? I'm in Oxford. So your mother's in hospital? 
something like that. Can you find your way to my office at about half past two? No. I... There's a bus to uh, Nottingham. I have to catch it. But what I want to know, you can tell me over the phone. Is my father alive? The answer to that is I don't know. Why don't you know? You must know. My money comes from a family trust. He instructed me to pay it until I held otherwise. Your father vanished whilst leading an expedition in Alaska ten years ago. The newspapers at the time were full of the story. Your mother should have told you. Sorry, I've got no change left. I've got to go. What shall I do? I don't want to call into the solicitors. I don't know why I don't. I just feel something's wrong. I think he knows more than he's saying. Maybe I should go to the library and look up old newspapers. There might be some clues. Pam, look. These photographs of the Samoyed hunters. It's the same men that sold me to Pearl Vanger. This is their sledge. The rope is frayed in exactly the same place. I remember that because I was trying to fry it a bit more. And it's all I could see with having that hood over my face. How come it's in a museum? It only happened a week ago in my world. A human skull with holes in it? Like Stanislaus Grumman's? You've got a thing about skulls. I haven't. Have. The museum's deserted. Let's ask the alethiometer about it. it. It'll say you've got an unhealthy obsession and you ought to take up playing the recorder. The man whose skull this is lived 33,254 years ago. He was a sorcerer. And his name was... Shut up. The holes were to let the gods in. There's more dust around his skull than there is around the next one with the bronze arrowhead stuck in it. What's it say on the label? Uh, bronze Age. Don't know what that means. Except maybe something to do with the arrowhead being bronze. I see you're looking at the trepan skulls. Am I? It's an early example of brain surgery. Yeah? No anaesthetic, no disinfectant, and only stone tools, but otherwise a very sophisticated technique. Let me introduce myself. I'm Sir Charles Latram. And you are? Lizzie. Lizzie. Hello. When I was your age, I was just as fascinated by these exhibits. In fact, I went on to do a degree in paleontology. That's the study of very ancient things. Is it? Now, the man with the trepan skull, I've always wondered who he was. He was probably... What? A colander. Yeah, <laughs> what a delightful sense of humour. Anyway, here's my card. Do come and see me. Bring your parents along and we'll have tea. Oh, thank you. I have to go now. My brother will be waiting. You have a brother? Well, fetch him along too. Goodbye for now, Lizzie. Goodbye. He's watching us leave. Seems he's got a thing about skulls, too. I don't like him, Pan. Me neither. And I'm sure I've seen him before. I'll ask the alethiometer where I can find a scholar who knows about dust. You must help the boy find his father. I've come all this way to help him. That can't be right. Do not lie to the scholar. Fine, I won't. Yes, but where can we find one? In that building. The one with the strange-looking roof, on the second floor. That alethiometer's good, isn't it? Yeah, except when it says stuff you don't want to hear. Like, help the boy. Come on, we have to look for a sign that says dark matter. Dark matter? Is that what they call dust here? 
In the Oxford Library, Will uses the microfiche to read about the true adventures of his missing father. His hands shake. For the first time ever, he sees a photo of John Parry. Will wonders if he looks like him. Yes, he decides. Yes, he does. And he smiles. John Parry departs for Alaska, sponsored by the Institute of Archaeology, Oxford. He's surveying an area in which they hope to find evidence of early human settlements. Six weeks later, they've reached the North American Arctic Survey Station at No Attack in Alaska. Two months after that, no reply signals from the survey station. John Parry and companions presumed missing. Oh, and here's Mum holding a baby. Me. Anything else? No. Where's the place that organised everything? That's it. The Institute of Archaeology. Lyra enters the college the alethiometer had told her contained the scientists. She is flummoxed by the revolving doors, and it takes her two goes to get inside the building. Pan hides in her pocket as a hamster. The porter hardly looks up from his newspaper. Excuse me, miss. Where are you going? I've got a message for someone on the second floor. You have? Yeah, I have. Go on, then. You better not be bunking off school. This must be it. Dark Matter Research Unit. Come in! Who are you? I'm Lara Silvertongue. Silvertongue? That's unusual. I'm Dr Mary Malone. How can I help you? I've been told you know about dust. I do. You've seen my flat then? <laughs> no. Dust elementary particles that come out of space and fix on people. I was in the museum down the road, and there was an old skull with holes drilled in it. And there was a lot more dust around that than the one with the arrow hole. Well, they've got it wrong when they wrote that label. The skull with two holes is 33,000 years old. No, impossible. Look, where do you come from? I come from another world. You're not the new Doctor Who by any chance. And there's an Oxford just like this, only different. And I got to find out about dust. In my world, they think it's original sin. <laughs> oh. Elementary particles are original sin? That's a novel idea. It actually sounds like something we've been investigating. Only we call it shadow particles. But what's the point? I've got a week to put together a proposal to the funding committee, but we haven't got our hope in hell. <sighs> I'll have to make coffee. You want some? Yes, please. The picture on the door. What is it? That? It's Chinese. The symbols of the I Ching. What's it about? It's supposed to be a way of consulting the future for guidance, advice. Right. And what's dark matter? We can see the stars and galaxies, but for it not to fly apart, there needs to be a lot more of it. That missing bit we call dark matter. We set up an electromagnetic field around a detector. Then we amplify the signal and put it through the computer. The computer? Have a ginger biscuit. Thank you. Pam, do you know what a computer is? No idea. Ask. One of our team discovered that these shadow particles are conscious. You know, they're aware of us. 
They seem to respond. We watch them on the cave. The cave? That's what we call the computer. After a philosopher called Plato described consciousness as shadows on a cave wall. The shadow particles collect around everything humans create. My colleague borrowed fossil skulls from the museum and tested them to see how far back the effect went. There was a cut-off point about 30,000 years ago. Before that, no shadows. And that's about the time that modern human beings appeared. Can I see the cave? I want to try it. What's the computer? Look, I'm really, really tired. I mean, how did you find your way to me? With this. A compass. And a lithiometer. Solid gold. I think it does what your cave does. If I can answer a question, something only you know, can I have a go on the cave? Are you going to tell my fortune? Huh. I already know. No, please. Just ask me a question. Oh, all right. Tell me, what was I doing before I worked here? Right. Uh, you used to be a nun. But you stop believing. And you find that out from... The alethiometer. Yeah. It told me to come and see you. Now can I try the cave? I must be mad. Well, come on, Laura. You can have 20 minutes. It's Lyra. Oh, that sounds like the noise at Bolvanger. <coughs> it's all right, Pam. We're safe. Who's Pam? He's my pet. A hamster. You fetched your hamster? Vicious little things. It's not going to escape and gnaw through the wires, is it? He won't. He can't gnaw. His teeth haven't come through yet because he's only a baby. Not sure I believe you, but he's made no attempt at freedom so far. Come and sit down. I need to put gel on your forehead to help the electrical contact. Now I'll attach the electrodes. You see, the room's full of shadows. The universe is full of shadows but you can only see them when you empty your mind and look at the screen. All right. If I stare at the cave and imagine I'm looking at the alethiometer, and if I concentrate in exactly the same way, yes! The computer screen explodes into a stream of dancing lights, a shimmering curtain like the aurora borealis. Is this dust? Yes. And is it the same thing making the alethiometer needle move? Oh, my God. Oh, Dr Malone, what is it? It's the best display I've ever seen. Can you read it? You don't actually read it. I think you're supposed to. It can make pictures like on the alethiometer. See? There's an elephant, a lamp and compasses. And an angel. Hang on. I'll ask it. How can Dr Malone understand you? It says you can use words, but you need a lot of careful figuring with numbers. A new computer program. And the angel. That's about messages. There's things it wants to say. Specific things? It's actually got something to tell us? Yeah. But when it went on to that second bit, the elephant, it meant Asia. Almost the furthest east, but not quite. China, maybe. It says they talked just there. Only their way uses sticks. Oh, I see. It means that picture on the wall. The I Ching? And that's shadow particles too. Yeah. You said people asked it questions and it guided them. It also says you're important. So you have to hurry up so it can use words and talk to you. 
All right. Where do you come from, really? Another universe. But I had to run away because people in my world were trying to kill me. What I want to know is why do the people in my world hate dust? They think it's evil, but what they do is evil. So is it good or bad? I became a scientist so I wouldn't have to think about that kind of thing. Well, you can't investigate dust without thinking about good and evil. Did you say they were going to close this place down? The funding committee decides at the end of the week. Why? Well, you've got to fix this engine, to put words on the screen tonight. Then they'd have to give you the money to carry on. And you could find out about dust and tell me. I'm taking these lectodes off now. They're making me hot. Can you come back tomorrow? When? About the same time. I want you to show someone else. Well, all right. But remember, there's things I need to know. Will, too, has had some success. He's been able to find the Archaeological Institute, sponsors of his father's last expedition. He now sits in a strange, spice-smelling room, with its high walls covered in masks, amulets and carved animals. The Nuntiac, Dick. You're the second person in a month to ask me about that. It's unusual. Who's the first? A journalist. Why did he want to know about it? In connection with one of the men who disappeared. Anyway... What do you want it for? A school project. Is that right? Well, there was a big to-do at the time. It was a preliminary survey. They were looking for signs of an earlier civilization. There was a physicist on the team and an ex-marine, a professional explorer. They were going into the wild territory and polar bears are always a danger in the Arctic. Archaeologists are not trained to shoot and someone who can do all that survival stuff is useful. But then they all vanished. Thank you. Um, who was the journalist interested in? The explorer, Parry. And this journalist, what did he look like? Why do you want to know? Uh, I just wondered if he was famous, you know, if I'd see him on the telly. He was a big blonde man, very pale hair. Maybe he's on a regional news programme. Right. Thanks for your help. Thought you ought to know. The boy turned up here, asking about his father. He's only just left. Will! Where did you come from? I found my scholar. She's called Dr Malone. And she's got an engine that can see dust. And she's going to make it talk. I didn't see you coming. Well, you weren't looking. So it's a good job I found you. Look, it's easy to fool people. See those two police officers? What if they're looking for you? I could go up and ask some directions and that. I could slip in the fact that you're my brother. Don't. If you speak to people, you just attract their attention. And look at you. You're all bruises. You shouldn't play at it. You're not being serious. You're in danger. And in my opinion, it's you that ain't serious. What am I doing hanging about waiting for you when I could be miles away? Well, you had to come back here or you never find out about your father. What do you know about my father? Well, you're looking for him. That's all I asked about. Asked who? The alethiometer. What? What on earth is that? It looks very old and very valuable. What are all those pictures round the edge? You see which ones the hands point to after you've asked a question. And it's able to tell you things? That's right. I'll show you. Your mother's ill, but she's safe. And you took some letters and ran away. 
and there was a thief, and you killed him. Shut up! That's just spying. You've got no right to look into my life like that. Well, the alethiometer's like a person. I know when to stop asking. When you come out of nowhere yesterday, I had to ask it who you were, or I might not have been safe. And it said you were a murderer. Right. You could have asked me instead of that thing. Did it say whether my father was alive or dead? I didn't ask. Well, I suppose we'll have to trust each other. I trust you. And Will, I won't ever give you away. I promise. Good. I've done that before. I betrayed somebody. It was the worst thing I ever did. We can't go back to the window till it's dark. I know. We can go to the cinema. Cinema? That's something else I never heard of. Thing I ever saw in my whole life. E.T. phone home. I don't know why they never invented the movies in my world. We ain't even got phones. Let's go through the window. Did you find anything out in Oxford? Only you never said. I realised I was being hunted. At least that's what it felt like. Who by? Not sure. Anyway, all I want now is some dinner, a hot bath and bed. Let's get back to the cafe. They're throwing stones at her. Come on, Puss Puss. Stop it! You'll kill her! Let me pick her up. Why are you hurting this cat? You don't know about cats. Where do you come from anyway? I'll take her back with us. She's terrified. Look, you've cut her ear. She scratches and puts the devil in you. Kill the buggers! She's harmless. If she scratched you, you probably deserved it. Alright, you can take her. Come on. Will! Look up there. Someone's leaning off the top of the tower. He looks a bit like Angelica and Paolo. It's probably this brother that they keep mentioning. Tulio? Yeah, but for all we know, he's checking his aim before he drops lumps of masonry on our heads. Let's just get back to the flat. The poor cat's really scared. Is she all right? Her tail's broken. Maybe it'll heal by itself. I'll put some honey on her cut ear. That's supposed to be good. You sure this is the cat you saw in the other Oxford? Certain. I followed her here. If they're that frightened of cats, there can't be any in this world. I'm going to bed. I'm really, really tired. All right. Good night. I don't think there'll be any more trouble. I bet you're right. Well, good night then. I'll read Dad's letters. I'll have to. I need to work out what's going on. There's not as many as I expected. They're all airmail. They feel a bit fragile. They must be ten years old. Oh, Dad. Fairbanks, Alaska, 19th June, 1985. My darling, the usual mixture of chaos and efficiency. The physicist, Nelson, hasn't made arrangements for carrying his balloons up the mountain, having to twiddle our thumbs whilst he scrabbles around for transport. But I had a chance talk to a gold miner who knows about the anomaly, had a map of the area and marked where the thing was. And no one on the expedition has heard of it, and I'm going to keep it that way. He described the thing as a gap in the air, a sort of window. You look through it and see another world. It's at 69 degrees, 
2 minutes 12 seconds north, 157 degrees 12 minutes 19 seconds west, near a tall rock shaped like a standing bear. I'll bring you back a trophy from the spirit world. Kiss the boy for me. Johnny. That's what I found. A sort of window. Those men don't realise there's more than one, and it's right under their noses in Oxford. In Lyra's world, her friend, Lee Scoresby, has flown to Nova Zembla in his patched and muddied balloon. He's hoping to find Stanislaw Grumman and persuade him to part with an object that makes the owner invincible. He's praying his powers of persuasion are up to the job. His inquiries lead him to a smoke-filled bar, the haunt of fur trappers and traders. Grumman, from the Berlin Academy. Reckless. <laughs> I met him over at the northern end of the Urals. He was lying on a sledge, alternately roaring with pain and calling out instructions to his men. You know he was a Tatar by initiation. You don't say. Here, let me tap you out. What tribe did he join? Uh, the Yenisei Pictars, uh, near a fork of the Yenisei River. There's a rock the size of a house at the landing stage. Yeah, I've, yes. I've flown over it. Ruben was a shaman. The tribe recognized him as such before they adopted him. <laughs> Some business, that trepanning. They use a bow drill, like for lighting a fire. That man's curiosity was as powerful as a wolf's jaws. There was a witch who wanted him for a lover, <laughs> but he turned it down. Oh. Is that so? A witch offers you her love. You should take it. Otherwise, bad things happen. That's right. Maybe he was faithful to another woman. <laughs> I heard he had some magic object that could protect anyone who held it. He didn't have it, but he knew where it was. What happened to him? He got mixed up in the Scrailing Wars. He, he was shot. I thought they beheaded him. Uh, Croman was buried under a hundred tons of rock. I didn't know it saw it happen. Drink, anyone? <laughs> Why are you so interested in he owes me money. <laughs> the fishermen say you can sail right up into that new world. New world? As soon as the damn fog clears, we'll see right into it. Yeah. Instead of the earth curving down over the horizon, it goes straight on. There's land and shoreline, mountains, harbors, green trees and fields of corn. I could have paddled up the sky in my kayak. But the fog came. Stanislaw Grumman's dead. Well, if I want my money, I can chase up his heirs into signs. I thank you, gentlemen. Lee. Yes, Hester. There was someone watching you back there in the park. He got to the shadows, but I could see he got that pudding basin haircut agents of the Magisterium seemed to favor. In fact, the man with the laughable hairstyle on top of his fanatical mind has followed them. He's walking stealthily, closing in. Suddenly, his owl demon swoops at Hester. Hooray! He damn near took my hat off. Now where's he gone? Slumped behind that wall, I guess. It's a quiet man's demon. He's followed us. Okay, I'm ready. He's gonna shoot. So shoot first, boy. I'll aim for his leg. Yeah, here he comes. You got him! Hey, would you try that for, mister? I have sent a messenger bird, so the Magisterium will know of your inquiries. They'll be glad to learn about the heretic Grumman. What do you mean? You are an enemy of the Magisterium. You are an ally of evil. You are seeking knowledge of what it is forbidden to know. Not sure how you make that out, mister. Anyway, I reckon my bullet hit an artery. Let go my sleeve and I'll make a tourniquet. Uh, no! 
I shall have the martyr's path. Then die if you want to. Just tell me this. He's gone. Yep, his demons vanished. Take his ring, Lee. We ain't thieves, Hester. No, we're renegades. Once the Magisterium learns about this, we're done for. Take the ring. Maybe we can use it. I see the sense, Hester. Now, I best drag his body away from the road so it won't be found too quickly. I hate killing. Oh, you're in deep, boy. The Magisterium will exact retribution. Like I say, Hester, these people are insane. Who's that? Oh, it's okay. It's Umak. Lee, I heard the gunshot. Umak, did you know Dr. Grumman's Tartar name? Uh, not Tartar. His name was Japari. Is he really dead? Uh, you better go to Yenisei. Ask his tribe. People who initiated him? Uh, maybe he is neither dead nor alive. I say too much. Well, Hester, we better find ourselves a ship heading for the mouth of the Yenisei. Back in Lyra and Will's new world, Serafina Pecula, Ruta Scardi, and the company of warrior witches fly over Chittagatsi's outlying countryside. They are puzzled by the clumps of drifting mist that seem to be the only inhabitants. I have never seen anything like these spectral forms. I mistrust them. Are they alive, Serafina? Alive or dead, they're full of malice. Unless I knew what weapon would harm them, I wouldn't want to go closer. <gasps> but look up. There's a troop of angels. They are flying north, and north is always the abode of spirits. Sister, if these angels are going to Lord Azrael, I'll go with them. Thank you for your company. Fly well, sister. Rutuscardi soars upwards, at first through the shreds of clouds, then higher to where the sunlight fills the thin air. She is accompanied by her blue-throat demon, Sergei, a bird as adept at flying as a summer breeze. We are going high. Yes, we must reach them. They are so high, the stars are visible at their backs, despite this being day. They are going swiftly, Sergei. Let's catch them. Angels, I'm the witch queen, Rutaskadi. Four of the company of angels turn to face her, their great wings beating inwards till they stand upright in the air. They surround her. Where are you going? We are following a call. Whose call? A man's. Lord Azrael's? Yes. Then you can guide me to him. Why? I want to offer allegiance. The angels lie down in the air again and pour like sunlit water towards the brilliant North Star with Rutaskadi and her demon floating among them like leaves on a stream. Angels, have we left the world I found you in? Yes. Where was the boundary? There are invisible gateways. Lord Azrael is in this world, and this is his fortress. Together they fly down toward the massive basalt fortress where Lord Azrael gathers his armies for an assault on heaven itself. Meanwhile, it's morning in the world of Chittagatsi. Children play in the harbor on pedal boats. 
Lyra and Pan find Angelica toweling dry her brother's hair after a swim. She's alone because Will is still asleep in his room in the cafe. The cat curled up on the bed with him. Angelica, why were you scared of that cat? They bite and put the devil in you. That's just superstition. They guide spectres. When a cat sees a spectre, it takes them to where they can feast on a grown-up. My grandmother had three cats and they took the spectres into her house while she was sleeping. How do you know? She wouldn't be able to tell you. My mother saw them. Oh, Angelica, you'll pull my hair again. You big baby. I'm not a baby. <gasps> Me and Will, we don't have spectres where we come from. We don't know about them. If you see them, they can get you. And they're here now? Yeah, all around. Oh. They can't hurt us, so we can't hurt them. But why did they come here in the first place? They come because of the guild. The Tori Deli Angeli, the stone tower belongs to the guild. There's a secret place in there. They let the spectres in. Spectres came from the stars. No, they didn't. What really happened was this guild man was taking lead apart to make gold, and he cut it smaller and smaller till he come to the smallest piece he could get. There ain't nothing smaller than that. He cut that too, and inside was all the spectres packed and twisted over and folded up so tight that they took up no space at all. But once he cut it, Bam! They washed out and they've been here ever since. Is there any guild men in the tower now? No, they've run away! The cat came from there, looking for grown-ups to feed to the spectres. Only, ain't nobody left in the tower, except ghosts. Hey, Paolo! Come back! I ain't finished! Oh, you've made my head sore! Paolo! Come here, you little bugger! I've seen a young man looking out of the tower. I'm a practised liar, Pan, and I can spot liars. Why aren't they telling us the truth? What do you think those carved figures are on the tower? Angels? Or spectres? Well, let's look around another day. Maybe when Will's with us. Now, we better get straight back to Dr Malone. Lyra returns to Will's Oxford and to Dr Malone's college. The revolving door tricks her again, and she goes round it three times before stumbling out into the hall. Don't fool around that door. It's not a playground. And stop there, you can't go in. Well, you just asked Dr Malone. She's expecting me. <clears throat> Dr Malone? A little girl here. Yeah. She's got a bruised face. All right. I'll send her straight up. Mind you don't go anywhere else. Thank you. Lyra, shh. What is it, Dr Malone? There's a police officer waiting for you in the lab. How did you know I was coming? I've no idea. Is that the girl, Dr Malone? Yes, she was just using the washroom. So, this is Lyra. Come and sit down. That's it. Draw up a chair. Closer. I won't bite. <laughs> I'm Inspector Walters, Lyra. Now, I'd like to ask you a few questions. Shouldn't she have somebody with her? Well, you're here, Dr Malone. Yes, but I'm not as... Dear, dear, how did you get those bruises? Has somebody been knocking you about? Of course not. And shouldn't you be at school? My father teaches me. Interesting. I'm told you're not from here, so where are you staying? With friends. With friends? Hmm. Now, Lyra, did Dr Malone show you her work on dark matter? Yeah. Well, some. I only stayed an hour. And were you surprised? I mean, the cave's very impressive, isn't it? It is. 
but my father's doing something similar. And I suppose you had lots to tell Will when you left here yesterday. Yeah, uh, only... I mean, who's Will? You better no, come with me. I William Parry is wanted in connection with the murder of... Run, Lyra, run. Will's life depends on you escaping. Stop that girl! Or you come out! Down! Where's your animal? I got stupid, man! Which way? Run, Lyra! He's nearly caught us! Oh, oh, oh help me, Pan! Down this help road! Me. Lose yourself in the crowd! You're not going to outrun him! Quick, hide here! and tell Will. Dr Malone, she helped us. You were supposed to help Will find his father. This world's just as dangerous as ours. I feel awful. There's a big car feel... up. Oh no, I can't run anymore. I've got a stitch. Oh, it's that man from the museum. The best act like nothing's wrong. Lizzie, hello. It's a Charles from the museum. Can I give you a lift somewhere? It may be our only chance to get away. Come on, climb in. Thank you, Sir Charles. Ah, where can I drop you off? Don't let him know where the window is. Say somewhere else. Summertown, please. Summertown, Alan. How's your friend? What friend? The one you're staying with. She's well, thank you. Is she an archaeologist? No, she's a physicist. She studies dark matter. Ah, I saw something about that in the Times this morning. Mysterious stuff. And your friend's on the track of it, is she? Yeah. Are you going to be a physicist too? Depends. Mm, it's hard to know what to do with one's life. Is it? Ah, here we are. Summertown. Busy, isn't it? Where would you like to be dropped off? Uh, anywhere past these shops, please. Pull up on the right, could you, Alan? Oh, um... Well, you can't very well open your door into the stream of traffic. Scramble over. See? There you go. Plenty of room. Lizzie, here. Don't forget your rucksack. Thank you. Thanks. Goodbye. Why is he suddenly in such a hurry? Pan! It's gone! It's gone! What? He's taken the early theometer. He's... You bloody thing! Shh, don't! People are staring! I don't bloody care! He's got my anethiometer! Lyra returns to the hot sun of Chittagatsi. In the distance, children are still playing in the warm blue sea. The perfect sky is cloudless. Will is sitting outside on the ochre pavement, drinking lemonade shaded by a large red sun umbrella. He looks like a holiday poster. Lyra approaches, weeping tears of deepest woe. Pan has become an earthworm, blind and writhing in her pocket. Lyra, what's wrong? Oh, Will, I'm so very sorry. What's the matter? What's happened? That, that old man, he stole my alethiometer. Oh, I've done such wrong things this morning. I, I don't know. Lyra, please tell me. Look, Pan. Shh! Quieter, Pan. If the children hear a wolf howling, we'll be in more trouble. Come on. I promised I wouldn't give you away. And I did. We went to the scholar, and there was a policeman waiting for us. He asked a load of questions. Then he suddenly asked about you. We gave it away. We knew you. Then we ran off. Oh! 
From wolf to lamb to snake and curled up hedgehog, Pan tries to find a form that matches his distress. What was the man like? Big and strong, with pale eyes and very white hair, and he ran ever so fast. Did he see you come back through the window? No, we lost him. So he won't know where we are then. It's not so bad. But the alethiometer, the old man dropped in his big shining cart, so I thought it was a way of escaping. And then the cart parked up, so I had to climb across him to get out. That's when he stole it. I'm sorry you've lost your alethiometer. The alethiometer told me to help you find your father. Only I didn't listen. And if I had it, I could take you to him. You mean you could have told me how to find him? Why didn't you ask it? I don't know. Oh, Will, I'm so sorry. But we've got to help each other. I can't see how. I mean, are you sure you didn't just drop it when you were chased? No. I could feel it in my rucksack when I got in the cart. Lyra! Wait! He gave you his card in the museum. Did you throw it away? No! It's still in my pocket. Here! Sir Charles Latcham, Limefield House, Old Headington, Oxford. Oh, he's a sir. People will believe him, whatever he says. And we can't go to the police because they're after me. We could steal it back. How? He's going to have all kinds of burglar alarms, special locks and lights with switches triggered by movement. Is he? We ain't got them in my world. My world's got more anti-theft devices than it has things worth stealing. So what are we going to do? We'll go and see him at his house in Oxford. We'll talk to him. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.